everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to the Washington Weekly Podcast on the UBS In The Now podcast channel. Our conversation today will bring you up to speed on the federal government's response to an uptick of COVID-19 cases, a recent remarks from top Pentagon officials, the latest on budget negotiations, and more. So joining me here for the conversation, Shane Lieberman, Federal Affairs Manager with the UBS U.S. Office of Public Policy in Washington, D.C. Shane, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us and looking forward to our conversation. Thanks, Dan. Good to be with you. And uh, just a friendly reminder that the Mets are in first place. Yeah, I can't say the same for the Yankees. We've been on a a good stretch as of late, but still a lot of ground to cover. But uh, glad to hear things are going well over in Queens. So I know there's a lot of items we do want to get to this week, Shane. Unfortunately, and we've been hearing about this now for uh, seemingly a few weeks, we have been witnessing an uptick of COVID-19. 19 cases nationwide, a product largely of uh, the Delta variant spread. So what kind of mitigation or protection mandates have we seen uh, reinstated on the state and local level across the country? And has there been any indication of federal mandates being reinstated to combat the spread? Yeah, no, this has been uh, quite concerning. Uh, after, you know, months of uh, case numbers falling, we've seen COVID infections rise again. I think, um, the seven-day average has gone up uh, 55% since last week, and I think we're now at an average of uh, 37,000 cases per day. So, um, you know, this is now heading in the, in the wrong direction, as you noted, and you're seeing a lot of state and local governments react, you know, from from uh, the Atlantic Ocean to the Pacific Ocean. Um, you know, L.A. is uh, looking to reimpose their mask mandate. And so are a lot of other um, areas. You know, I think, um, as we saw in the past year and a half, mask mandates and a lot of that type of restrictions were done at the local level. Um, the federal government has been more instrumental in, you know, mask mandates for, for flights, uh, international travel, you know, uh, sometimes banning international travel. Um, we've gotten word that I think... Uh, the U.S. plans to open up the, the border with Mexico and Canada soon, but it's a little bit delayed um, uh, with with this rise of the variant. Um, in Canada, it wants to allow their side of the border to be open. So, you know, I think you're starting to see lawmakers take a pause, try and, you know, reflect on what this means. Um, but the numbers are heading in the wrong direction. And, and, you know, some lawmakers, whether it be at the federal level or state and local level, are taking notice and trying to respond. But they're often um, faced with um, uh, resistance and hesitancy. I think you're seeing a lot of uh, fatigue from the American people. And that's making it uh, really tough. Uh, politically to reimpose some of these restrictions. It is unfortunate because we have come a long way. So to see this kind of uptick in cases, certainly not what you want to see, but we will see how this plays out over the next few weeks and months and the kinds of responses we see implemented on the state, local, as well as federal levels. But Shane, thank you for bringing us up to speed on where we are with this today. Switching gears a bit, I know cyber attacks, uh, given the times we live in, of course, a growing concern. And this week we did hear from the White House how they plan on hosting private sector leaders to strategize on how to address the threat of cyber attacks, address cybersecurity. So what can you share with us there, Shane? 
Yeah, this has absolutely been an ongoing problem, uh, um, and cyber attacks on private businesses have escalated, and as they've escalated, there's been increased pressure uh, for Washington Act. Uh, lawmakers from both sides have rallied behind a, a program previously to encourage private companies to report attacks, um, but, you know, th- that is reporting attacks. You know, I think um, both private business and uh, for our government recognize the need to do more. And you're right. You know, I think, um, you know, this week, President Joe Biden and senior U.S. officials met with uh, private sector leaders. Um, uh, and there's going to be another meeting in August, I believe, uh, to discuss ways to beef up uh, cybersecurity. So I think, you know, we're seeing an evolution here of, you know, um, recognizing the need uh, to address cybersecurity to starting to really try and figure out where they can do something. You know, I think that's going to be the tougher part. Um, the Biden administration is pushing back on China, which has um, um, been uh, named as responsible for some recent ransomware uh, attacks. But next month's high-level meeting is part of this big push by the Biden administration to engage and look for solutions here. Um, I think, you know, this is going to be a story that we see, unfortunately, play out for a long time because I don't see the uh, cyber attacks subsiding. Um, you know, and it's not just China, Russia, other actors like North Korea has um, uh, been uh, um, a hotbed of cyber attacks, Iran, et cetera. So, you know, this is um, not just one actor. Um, it's going to be um, a big issue to, to, to follow in the coming years. And I think we're seeing, you know, the federal government, you know, they've taken it seriously, but now they have to take it into a a different higher gear um, to try and figure out what to do next because of how damaging these cyber attacks could be. Um, you know, that, that a cyber attack on the pipeline, you know, shot up the price of gasoline. Um, and that was, you know, not that big of a cyber attack. So imagine, um, you know, a real cyber attack and what it could do to our economy. So I think the federal government uh, really needs to uh, buckle down and focus on this issue. And to your point, Shane, I know cyber attacks, uh, cyber warfare, of course, a big priority of the Pentagon. And thinking back to yesterday, I know the Pentagon did hold a press briefing, which did involve Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, among other high-ranking uh, Pentagon military officials. A wide range of topics were covered uh, during what was a, a pretty substantial press conference. So can you provide some highlights and takeaways for us, Shane? Yes. Yeah. Um, Defense Secretary Austin is scheduled to um, embark on a week-long trip uh, and where he'll visit Singapore, Vietnam, and the Philippines. So, you know, this is the Asian region, which is obviously very important uh, for a variety of reasons. Um, and at this press conference, I think he was kind of setting the table for this visit, talking about um, the security relationships with those countries he'll be visiting and also, you know, starting to draw some lines in the sand um, with China and China's uh, unfounded claims in the South China Sea and try and uh, show our allies in the region that we are uh, there and with them and to try and push back on some of these provocations by China. Um, you know, this is a region, obviously, the U.S. has been active in for decades now, you know, um, whether it be from 
World War II or um, the Korean War, you know, we have a significant presence in Asia. And I think this is uh, important for the Biden administration to reiterate to our allies there that we're going to probably continue to have that um, uh, show of force to an extent in Asia. Um, So this is a big trip for Secretary Alston. And, you know, um, I think I think it'll be important for the Biden administration. So I think they're going to really try and highlight, um, you know, any success he has um, and also use it as a visual to try and push back. China. So, Shane, maybe as we close out, we can jump from the Pentagon over to Capitol Hill. We can follow up on uh, the $3.5 trillion budget proposal, which was introduced recently by Senate Democrats. I believe we spoke about this last week. So, uh, following up to this week, I understand that as of yesterday, uh, there were not enough votes in order to pass that forward. So, where do we stand on budget negotiations as of today, Shane, knowing that the August recess is quickly approaching? So, what might it's the next steps be. Yeah, it's, sometimes it feels like uh, Congress right now, they're a, a juggler and they have too many balls in the air at the moment. Um, and so it gets a little confusing what's going on here. You're right. You know, so this this vote on the $1.2 trillion bipartisan infrastructure bill failed yesterday. And that was uh, largely because the Republicans who do support it walked away from this because the final, the bill is not written yet. So they don't actually have um, a written proposal to get behind. So that made Republicans nervous and take a step back and say, we're moving forward before we even have a finished product. Um, so I think you'll probably see them um, finish off the details of that bill uh, next week and, and, and then vote on it either next week or the week after. And then kind of at the same time, um, they're teeing up this $3.5 trillion budget resolution, which is really just a shell of a bill, it, it, it's kind of an architectural piece for a larger spending and tax bill to be passed in the fall. This would be a Democrat-only bill. The timing and sequence of all of this is very interesting because um, what, you're, what you're seeing is progressive Democrats don't want to see the bipartisan infrastructure bill um, proceed on its own because it will put in peril the second bill, the bill with um, climate initiatives, tax increases, and some things on um, social infrastructure, we'll call it, you know, uh, funding for uh, universal pre-K, uh, health care, et cetera. So, you know, this is going to be very interesting. I think the way we envision it playing out is that the Senate will probably pass this bipartisan infrastructure bill. They will also uh, pass this budget resolution and all of that will happen in the next two or three weeks. So probably into that first week in August. Um, and then, you know, uh, it'll be the ball will proverbial be, proverbially be in the court of the House. I think the House will sit on this bipartisan infrastructure package until they actually move the budget resolution and then start the real uh, reconciliation bill. Uh, which contains that additional spending. Um, they're going to kind of hold that bipartisan bill to the side until they you know, feel comfortable that they can get, you know, everything that they want to get done here um, to to make most Democrats and especially the progressive de- Democrats feel comfortable with the direction they're heading. So it's going to be 
uh, fluid over the coming weeks and months. Um, so I think you'll, we'll be talking about it again. But there's a lot there, and I know it can be confusing at times, but I think at the end of the day, we see um, spending on infrastructure and probably tax increases um, passing in the fall. Well, that was very helpful uh, clarity, Shane. And it is encouraging to hear about the bipartisanship at play. That's, of course, very important. Uh, the next few weeks could be very crucial. So we'll be interesting to follow up and see how this plays out. Though, so, Shane, thank you very much for dropping by the podcast uh, this week for bringing us up to speed on a wide range of issues. Hope we can uh, speak again soon. But in the meantime, wish you a nice weekend. Thank you, Dan. Always good to be with you. Have a great weekend. I look forward to catching up with you next week. Sounds good. Thank you, Shane. And again, today we've been joined by Shane Lieberman, Federal Affairs Manager with the UBS U.S. Office of Public Policy in Washington, D.C. So, as a reminder to our clients and our listeners, uh, please be sure to reference the latest Washington Weekly publication, which is located up on UBS.com forward slash Washington Weekly. If you are a client of UBS, you can, of course, contact your financial advisor if you are interested in receiving the Washington Weekly publication directly. The Washington Weekly podcast is part of the UBS In The Now podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Pandora. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the new UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Van Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.